0: Hey guys, what's going on? This is your boy Christian Israel, and you are tuned into the new Creation Capital Podcast. Normally, every single day, Monday through Friday, this is a podcast that is focused on investments, the stock market, and digital assets. But today, we will focus on a different type of news, the good news. As you guys have known, this has become the Sunday Scriptures, but I want to be more specific because I actually record this on the Sabbath, which is a Saturday, I just put it out because Sunday Scriptures rhymes, to be honest. It just sounds good. But there's something that's been on my heart, guys, and it's more about understanding the Word and doing what the Word says and letting the Spirit guide you. So before we jump in today, let me jump into a quick prayer to guide us through today's Sunday Scripture. And today is April 25th. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, first off, thank you so much for today, Lord. You have given us... A day that you have made holy, Lord The Sabbath, this Saturday, Lord We Are humble and we are grateful, Lord That you decided to rest Because it was finished And this is not the only time that you said it was finished, Lord You also said it was finished on that Good Friday, Lord When you were on the cross When you gave your spirit back And went back You said it is finished And Lord we just thank you for that moment and I invite you Lord Abba Father and the Holy Spirit into this conversation Lord into this discussion that so whoever may choose to listen to this specific podcast hear the words Lord of your word on my tongue to their ears Lord that the Spirit may stir something in them up to go research or go be doers of the word not just hearers Lord Lord, we thank you for just being present with us in this moment, and I ask, Lord, that you guide me. We give you all the praise and the glory. I pray this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. All right, guys, well, let's jump right on in. I'm going to go really kind of over the book of James today, and that's what's really been on my mind, and and I'm going to start by something when I open, I'm going to read from the NIV version, but... To start this conversation, I'm going to just read this specific passage to you. We're actually going to go through throughout the book of James today. So if you got your Bible with you, take it out. If not, you can listen um, because I'm going to jump all over James. So here's where we're going to start. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in his face in the mirror And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That is from James 1 verses 22 to 25. So that is important to me. For many reasons this week. The Lord has been speaking to me, speaking to my spirit about doing what I read, not just what I feel. Does that make sense? Doing what, doing what the Lord says to do, not what I want to do. And I know that's hard to say because we get caught up in the world and we know that Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the things of this world, but it's hard for us to do that. You know, we are a fallen people and I understand that definitely when we get in times like we are, we are in right now, we are in some strenuous times. Uh, Here in the United States, we have now hit month two of this lockdown and you know, in some states, it's being extended another 30 days. Some states are trying to reopen uh, the basics of their economy. You know, barber shops, hair salons, gyms. But really, it's never going to be the same. I mean, I saw a video yesterday of uh, a hair salon opening up in Georgia and she said there's going to be temperature taking when they walk in. They're all going to have to be, you know, physical, social distancing, that people are going to have to wait in their in their cars until it's time to come in and do their hair. They're going to wash their hands. I mean, we're living in a time of of pestilence and fear and just despair, to be honest. I mean, 22 million people have lost their jobs now in America. <clears throat> Oil, for you guys that don't know, has crashed through, which is something that um strengthens the US dollar and someone who's inside of the investment and financial space I see the world differently as far as how it how the inner workings go and a lot of people in and that space can find fear you know we don't a lot of people don't know if twelve hundred dollars is enough uh in America anyway I mean in some countries people would love twelve hundred dollars but You know, inflation is so high that people don't know how how they're going to eat and how they're going to uh, take care of their kids. Uh, Are they going to get sick? Do they have the disease? Are they asymptomatic? And I can just see people running around in fear still, but trying to act like everything is normal. (laughs) And, you know, I just heard a great sermon by Pastor Stephen Furtick on looking forward to normal. So if you haven't seen that, go watch that. It's looking forward to normal. It was last Sunday. Beautiful sermon. He, Man, it might be the most anointed sermon he's ever done. And that got me thinking, as he looked forward to normal, I want to look back on what God has done for me. And that's kind of what's brought me to James, because we're going to go through about being doers of the word, not hearers. Now, what is the word? Well, if we go to John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. I always get that order. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? So we understand the Word is God. But then in verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh. And that flesh is Jesus Christ. And that's who uh, came down and died for our sins. And in three years of ministry, though... He walked this earth and changed the world. Not only did he change the world, he showed us how much God truly loves us. And if you want to talk about someone who went through something, not only as God on earth as human, but man, knowing that night that he prayed in Gethsemane, knowing how much pain he was getting ready to Go through. You know, he said, Lord, do I have to go this? Do I have to drink this cup? I mean, he was sweating blood and it became the testing of his faith even more because he's a man and he is God. But God didn't tempt him, the devil tempted him. So we're going to kind of talk about the difference between temptation and testing and what is a trial. And what is walking in faith. So we're going to start off. And James, if you guys don't know about the book of James. James is uh, Jesus' half-brother. He actually was one of the last people to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Until that that last few days. And now James's book, I see for myself personally as kind of a... A how-to manual. If I'm going to, how how do I follow Christ? How do I, how do I walk as a believer? And so we're just going to kind of start at the top of the book and we're going to move our way through it. I'm going to read some scripture and just have this conversation with you today. So let's jump in. Turn to James chapter 1 verse 2, okay? And I think a lot of you guys can relate to this right now. Verse 2 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Are any of you guys facing trials right now? This lockdown, paying bills, dealing with your kids, dealing with your spouse, dealing with the news. Those are trials. Dealing with the devil, telling you, you can't do it, you won't make it. Worried about vaccines, worried about what's good, worried about what's bad, worried about what's politicians saying, worried about what the, the... one church pastor is saying, Is this the end times? or another pastor is saying, You can never know what it is. Or someone saying, You're a good Christian. Someone saying, You're a bad Christian. Someone saying, You're a good mom, good dad, good brother, good sister. These are all different types of trials. But here's the thing it's trials that if they're attacking your spirit, it's a trial of many kinds. And again, it says, whenever you face, I'll start from two, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Again, it's the testing of your faith there. It's not trial saying you went out to a bar all night and now how can I get home? That's not a testing of your faith. Okay. This is testing of your faith, guys. This is as a believer, when you walk that walk, when someone Tells you something that goes against the spirit God has given and put inside of you, that goes against the law that is written on your heart, that goes against the commandments of God. This is a testing of your faith. Like right now, when someone says, You can't talk about Jesus, I want to talk about being an atheist. Or someone says, That cross is not good, Jesus isn't real, God isn't real, God is evil. God doesn't like it. Satan is positive. Whatever it may be, whatever is a testing of your faith, including right now, if you can't pay your bills, do you rely on money, the government, or do you rely on God? That is a testing of your faith. But if you get through that faith, it it produces perseverance. And it continues here. Let perseverance Finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. You, not the people around you, that you may be mature. Now that's mature in your spirit and in your faith and complete in your spirit and in your faith and lacking nothing. We can never be perfect humans, but our spirit, because the spirit of God is in us, the Holy Spirit is in us, which is perfect, can be made perfect and mature and complete, lacking nothing. So how do we do this? And it continues in James to tell us how we do this. It says here, if you lack wisdom, if any of you guys, not me, anybody listen to this, lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Wow. If you act lacked wisdom, ask God. There's a guy named Solomon where he was able to get God said, "What do you want? I'll give you whatever it is you want." But he prayed, he said, Lord, I really don't care about money, right? We're going to just kind of keep it real. We're going to keep it in 2020. I don't pray about money. I don't care about girls. I don't care about power. Lord, what I want to know is what you want me to know. I want wisdom. Lord, will you grant me wisdom? Lord, will you give me wisdom to make decisions, discernment, to understand the things, Lord, that you want, that your will may be done on earth as it is in heaven? Wow. Wow wisdom the fact that he had the ability to pray, that showed that he already had some wisdom in there. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and gave him not only the wisdom that he asked for, but also everything else that he didn't ask for. The riches, the kingdom, the power. Because God was so impressed with King Solomon that he asked for wisdom. And nothing the earth can give, but something only God can truly give us is wisdom, that he gave him more. And it continues here. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, here's here's an important part here. Verse six says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. When you ask things of God, do you truly believe that he's going to do it or do you doubt? Again, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded in all they do. A wave of the sea goes back and forth, splash, 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 right? But he says right here that if you doubt when you ask the Lord of something, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it it because you don't truly believe in God and have faith in him. You are double-minded. You say one thing, but your heart says another. You say one thing and your heart says another. You say one thing, but your heart says another. God knows your heart. So when you ask him, you must believe with no doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Does that sound familiar? There's a guy named Peter we talked about a couple Sundays ago that walked out on water. Ask God, ask Jesus. Lord, if that is you on the wind, out there on the water walking, command me to go and I will have the faith to walk. He believed in his heart, and he asked with full faith. Jesus said, come. Peter jumps out, begins to walk on the boat, I mean, walk on the water towards, walk towards Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he sees the winds and the waves tossing about around him. And then he sunk, and he screams out, Lord, help me. Save me. And Jesus replies, oh, Peter, He didn't really say Peter, but oh ye of little faith, why do you doubt? And that's exactly what James is saying right here. Now, I don't wanna assume that James was on the boat, but if I was to take this right here and subscribe to him watching Peter in that moment, walk on water while James stays in the boat, he's given a description of what happens here. He saw Peter ask for something, He saw Peter walk on water, then he saw the winds and the waves go, then he saw Peter take his mind off Jesus and his eyes fixed on Jesus, and he sunk, and he became double-minded. So he will not receive what he continued to ask from the Lord, which is to walk on water. Wow. Do you ask the Lord, truly believe in your heart when you ask the Lord for something? Let that sink in. How often do you ask the Lord a question or for something that is in his will, right? Lord willing, will you give something to me, Lord? Lord willing, will you grant me this wish? Lord willing, will you heal me in the name of Jesus? Lord willing, may your will be done, Lord, not my will. But when you ask these things, how often do you ask these things with all your heart, with zero doubt? Hmm. Now move on to verse 12. It says, blessed is the one who preserves under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's verse 12 guys, again, blessed is the one who preserves under trial because having stood the test of time, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. He has promised us life, and not only life, but life abundantly, that life afterwards, that we love Him and we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died and was resurrected for our sins, to cleanse us of our sins, to give us that salvation and that grace, to move forward, not in this life, but in eternal heaven among the glories of glory because we know we move strength to strength and glory to glory so when this life is done if we truly love god we move on to glory we move on to strength and god gives us the strength and he says here blessed is the one who preserves under trial because having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life that the lord has promised to those who love him now this is important because he says test not temptation test not temptation Because verse 13 says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own desires and enticed. Then, after that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Wow. God does not tempt you. He tests you, but he does not tempt you. Now, what's the difference? A test, trying to make sure your faith is good. Temptation means evil, something opposite of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted by their own desires. So, God, you're tempting me to go drink. God, you're tempting me to to continue to go back to whatever whatever desire of my heart. Now, the prophet says if you continue to trust God, he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you are really about Jesus and God, if you're really about that life, if you're about that life, <laughs> then God will give you the desires of your heart. But here, if you feel tempted, don't say it is God that tempted you. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away. You hear that? Dragged away, separated from God. Dragged away from God. Separation from God. When you separate yourself from what God wants for you and to give yourself what you want for yourself, you take God out of the center and put yourself in the center. When you are separated, you are separated. Away by their own evil desire and intense. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own sin, desire, and enticed. And then after you have pulled yourself away from God. After you have separated yourself. After you have literally just secluded yourself from God's presence. That desire becomes and births into sin. And we know what happens in sin. The wages of sin, or the cost of sin, is death. It is death. But don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. That when we might be some kind of first fruits that he created. So here you have this contrast here. Then, the, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. But we go to verse 18 or verse 17. Or let's just continue to verse 16 because that was 15. It says here absolutely, what it says is that. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You hear that? Change like shifting shadows. God is not like the winds and the waves. Everything you get from God is a perfect gift. What he made was good. When he gave us a wife or he gave you a husband, Perfect gift from God. The human is not perfect, but the gift of one flesh is perfect. The union of marriage is perfect. The gift he gave us for salvation is perfect. And he chooses to give us birth through the word of truth. So therefore, you have sin giving birth to death, but God gives birth to to the word of truth. And who is the word? Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth and the life." Wow, you hear you see that right there? The way, the truth, the life. God gives birth to that, sin gives birth to death. And when we t- get birth through truth that we might be a kind of first truth that he created in us. We might be truths. So I'll finish up here the same way we started. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness of God or his desires. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers, for whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking them all. That's big. So if you just think, I did everything but, it doesn't matter. That but gives birth to sin, When in fully grown, that sin becomes death. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking them all. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, but not faith alone. Keep that in mind. It's not what you say, it's what you do. James chapter 4 says this, Because right now, hold on. Right now we have all these things going on in the world. The fights, the politicians. Do we open the economy? Do we not open the economy? I'm a good Christian. I need to go to church. I need to pray on Saturday. I need to pray on Sunday. That's a bad person. This is a good person. We are judging. We are not judging. Really, what are you doing? You are quarreling within yourself. And instead, we're just supposed to submit to God. Here's what chapter 4 says. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires? And we know that desires, right? Gives birth to sin and sin is to death. So the quarrels come from your own desires. From the battle within you. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask You do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend your pleasures on what you get. There it is again. God knows your heart. If you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you. But if you're asking for something that God does not believe is a part of his law and his will, you're doing it because of your desires. Lord, open the economy because I want to work. Well, maybe that's not what he wants for you right now. Maybe he wants you to spend time with your family and in your word and spend time with him right now. So many people are trying to get back to what they were running from, but now you have time for the word of God. If you can't make time for the word of God right now, I have to question, when are you gonna make time for God? When are you gonna make time for God? It goes on to say, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world, with the world, do not conform to the world, but friendship with the world means enemy, animity with and against God. Therefore, Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So if you choose to follow the world and not in your word right now, you choose to follow politics, not your words. You choose to follow your friends, not your word. You choose to follow what your church friends say and not the word. You choose to follow what some religious organization says and not the word. All those things are of the world. But if you follow... If any of you choose to be a friend, and that doesn't mean like, I love my friend or love my neighbors as myself, that means a friend as in that is where your desires fall, that is where your heart falls, if you choose to be a friend of the world, you become an enemy of God. Or do you think it continues here in verse 5? Or do you think scripture says without reason that he is jealousy, longs for the spirit, he has cause to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is what the scripture says. In fact, right here, this is so important for these times. God opposes the proud, but shows face favor to the humble. Now hear my voice, children. Submit yourselves to God. Submit yourselves then to God. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have to resist the temptation of the devil and take on the joy of God by submitting yourself and counting all trial as joy so you may be made perfect and complete, lacking never. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come nearer to you. We talked about that. Seek him with all your heart. You will call him and then you will find him. He stands at the door and knocks. Wash your hands, you sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're all sinners. So wash your hands, and not only wash your hands, what? Right? You hear the word wash your hands. Use sanitizer. We're talking of wash your hands of the world. Purify your hearts, and you don't be double-minded. Don't sway back and forth, choosing to trust God when it feels good, turning your back on God when it doesn't feel good. Having a conversation about Jesus and agreeing with someone you know is wrong. You don't have to agree with them to make them feel good if it goes against the word of God, my kids. My beloved, that's what he says. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I know that he has humbled me because I was a proud, proud man. Now my pride is in what God has done for me. If I boast, I boast about the works of the Lord, what he has done for me, not what the world claims they have done for me. The world has done nothing for me, but caused me pain, suffering, emptiness, lies, deceit, fear. That's what the world gives you. Think about it. What is the world really giving you? So submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. That means don't laugh and enjoy the world. Mourn the death of the people around you that are not going to where we are going when this is over with. Mourn, gloom. Guys, stop, stop. I beg you, stop taking in the world. And as James says here, humble yourselves before the Lord. Hallelujah. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. We go on. There's patience and suffering. When we humble ourselves, that means we are being patient. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its vulnerable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains? You too, beloved, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't fight with each other. Don't grumble against each other. Because how you judge someone else, you will be judged as well. The judge is standing at the door. Jesus standing at the door. He is knocking. And he is full of compassion and mercy. Is any of you in trouble right now? Pray. If you're happy right now, praise the Lord. Are you sick right now? If you're sick, call upon people to pray for you, the elders of your church, through a Zoom call, the anointed people. Anoint yourself with oil, with the Holy Spirit. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if you have sinned, Beloved who's listening to my voice, the Lord will forgive you. You will be forgiven. If you confess your sins, you will be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Your prayer will be heard and you will be healed. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, Jesus Christ, that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So I have to ask you, do you know the word of God? Do you know Jesus who is the word? Who is the way, who is the truth, who is the life? Who comes to heal your broken heart? Who comes to forgive your sins? Who comes to give you life and life abundantly? Who comes to give you grace? Who came to give you mercy? Who comes to give you salvation? Who comes to give you joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self Control. Those are the spirits of the fruit or the fruit of the spirit. Do you know Jesus? Have you given him a chance? I mean, really, what do you got to lose? <laughs> what do you really have to lose? I'll tell you, everything. Because this world will burn, it will go away, it will not be here. Have you ever told a lie in your life? Have you ever lusted in your heart? You ever hated somebody? If you've said yes to those, you've admitted to being a liar, an adulteress, and a murder. Why? Anyone who lusts in their heart has committed adultery. Anyone who's hated a brother is like committing murder. Those are words of Jesus. So just by those, you've broken three commandments. And if you were to stand in front of God right now, as your judgment, knowing that you've broken three of his laws, would you be innocent or would you be guilty? You and I would both be guilty. And this is where the birth to truth comes in. We follow the desires of our heart, which gave birth to sin, which is death. The verdict is death. The the cost, the penance of sin is death. But God, loving and merciful as he is, he is the God of the Bible. He is love. He sent his only son down here on earth to understand how humans really are in this world. But not only that, but to die for us, to walk with us, to show us it is possible that God loves us. And when Jesus died on that cross and he rose again on that resurrection Sunday, he gave us the ability to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He gave us the ability to be gifted with the grace and love and mercy of the salvation and gift of everlasting life. But there's one condition. We have to accept this free gift. It's not given to us, we have to accept it. And this is where being doers of the word comes in and believing in your heart, right? And not having zero doubt, back and forth, the winds and the waves. He says here, if you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he rose from the dead to save us, that gift is yours. So I ask you in this moment, are you willing to accept that gift? Are you willing to step out on the ledge and walk in faith and don't basically be an enemy of God? Because here's the thing, when we accept Jesus, Jesus Christ comes in us and then he sees us. So when we stand in front of God, On that judgment day, and he says, you have broken a liar, lust, adultery, hate, murder, those type of commandments. He doesn't see us anymore. He sees because we are covered in Christ. We are the co-heirs of Christ. Now, let me ask you, are you willing to take the risk right now that if you die tomorrow and you don't know Jesus, that God's going to say it's okay? You had the opportunity to give your life to him, to trust in Jesus, but you did. But God said, I'm going to let that slide. No, we read God is a jealous God. But he also is a righteous God. That means if you break a law, the wages of sin is death. And here Jesus offers his life, Lord. So if you're up for it and the Holy Spirit is speaking right now to you, or if you've walked away from God and you want to come back, and, and build that relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the head. We are the body. We are the church. We are the bride. It's not about a building. It's not about symbols. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Please bow your head with me and just repeat these words out loud. Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner, as a a broken person but Lord I know you love me and you brought your only son into this world onto this earth for me he died on that cross Lord and took my sin with it when he rose from the dead He rose for me. Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that if I believe in him and my heart, that I will have everlasting life with you and that my sins are forgiven. So Lord, I ask that Jesus come into my life Come into my heart, come into my spirit in this moment that I may follow you all the days of my life, that I will not be like the winds and the waves. I will not be double-minded. I will focus on you, Lord. I am now a new creation. I am now a child of God. I pray this in Jesus name, Amen. If you said that prayer just now, congratulations brother or sister. I appreciate you spending time with me on the Sabbath. We do call this the Sunday Scriptures, but it is Saturday when I record these on the Sabbath. If you just said that prayer right now, please hit the link in the top. Partner with us. Send me a message. Let me know. Write in the comments if you gave your life. Let me know. Talk to me. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one. You can reach me on Twitter, at New Creation Cap. You can hit us up on the podcast. You can hit us up on YouTube. Bunch of ways to get a hold of us. So please, please. Please tell somebody. Share what you know. Be a doer. I thank you so much, guys, for hanging out with me today. I love spending this time with you. I appreciate you. I pray that you have a wonderful week, and I can't wait to talk more with you again next week. You know, as always, there's a song at the end. Take a round, watch the performance, listen to the performance, enjoy it. Listen to this sermon again. Let me know if you got something from it, okay? Thank you guys so much. I pray that the Lord be with you, that he bless you, that he keep you. That his grace be upon you. To you, to your children, and to their children. He is great. He is faithful. And he loves you. And I love you. Until next week, guys, I will see you soon. Love and peace. May God be with you. Later, guys.
1: Waiting for change to come, knowing the battle's won, for you have never failed me yet. If you believe that, shout it out. you